No, on the 31st of October from 1517. Uh, Martin Luther, maybe you've heard of this before, but he nailed 95 theses speaking out against the Roman Catholic Church uh, to the door of the, the cathedral in Wittenberg. Wittenberg. And this is what I want to talk about today. You know, and uh, Martin Luther, in that moment, he established five pillars of faith, you know, that are the basis of the church. And at the time, and the language they spoke at the time, that was known as the five solas. It's from this moment that the, the Protestant reform begins. And I believe it's very important for us to, to preach this today and about the five pillars of the church. We need to know this. And then, obviously, Martin Luther, as, he's, as he gives this teaching, there were uh, resistance. People came to him and asked him to retract his statement. And what was his answer? He was a very brave man at the time. He was, you know, raising a voice against the Roman Empire that, you know, controlled the world at the time. No, he was basically asking to be persecuted, asking to be killed. But he has a revelation from God. And he goes against this entire principle that the Romans had established at the time. And he says the following, unless I'm convinced by the testimony of the scriptures or by the clearest reasoning, unless, unless I am persuaded by the passages I have quoted, Unless my conscience is thus subdued by the word of God, I cannot and will not retract. And he continues, he says, for it is dangerous for a Christian to speak against conscience. Here I remain. I cannot do anything else. Amen. This was Martin Luther's response. And what are the pillar, the, the basis of a true church? Every new person that comes into this church, whether even though may, they, may they may already be a Christian, our duty is always to establish the basis for the church. And I believe that everyone that has come here in some shape or form has been discipled in that way. And every person that was born again that came to Christ in this church had the same discipleship and they, they, and they realized they were taught the foundations of the church. And based on the Protestant reform uh, and the five pillars, the first pillar that uh, Martin Luther spoke about, and he said, Scripture alone. Let's read 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Because only the Scripture. Why is it only the Scripture? And it says the following in 2 Timothy, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do 
what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So in 1517, you know, at that time, the Bible was forgotten. You know, all the Christians, they were going through a, a darkness phase because they didn't have the light of Scripture. You know, the, the leaders of the, the Roman church, they would forbid the reading of the Bible. And the, and the, the people, the common people couldn't read uh, the Bible. So the only, the, only, um, uh, the only thing that they heard from the Bible was a few verses from the Bible in sermons, and it was in Latin. And it was in such a way that they actually didn't understand the Latin. So Martin Luther, he goes off and he spends years to translate the Bible so that his people could could read it. And at the time, he got together all the resources that he could gather, and he published the Bible so that people could read it. Amen? And that takes a lot of courage. And that is why that the Bible, when we hold the Bible in our hands, that is the, the, the seal of our faith. No, that is our mark. That is our seal. Everywhere we go, we have to have a Bible. You know, I always carry my Bible and I always carry some tissues in my pocket because I know I'm going to cry. <laughs> You know, because before this was the practice, they had the Bible and a tissue in their pocket. But today we see very few people with the Bible in their hands. People don't know how to navigate the Bible. They don't know the books of the Bible. You know, when you're asked to open the Bible in whatever book, you're lost. But today we live in a world where we have the opportunity to carry the Bible, to read the Bible. You know, and the, the reading of the Bible is the, the center of a true church. And this is why that in this church, every Thursday, every Friday, we have our Conqueror School. And that is the teachings of the doctrine of the Word of God. And this is something that we do so we can have a victorious life. Have you noticed this? And also every Saturday we have Bible study in the church. You know, at least for three days a week we have Bible study. You know, and that's besides the, the Sundays that we have every Sunday, you know, where we're once again preaching and reading the Bible. That is why there is no other truth other than the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. Many say that the Bible contains the Word of God, but that's, but that's not true. The Bible is the Word of God. The Bible sets the standard. The Bible is what tells us what to do and what sets the, the standard for a Christian life. You know, it's, this, it's the Holy Scripture that it's inspired by God. And it's there to teach us. It is there to rebuke us. It is there to instruct us in the path of righteousness. And our church, it has at the center the Word of God, the Bible, 
as a basis for, the, for, for how we live our lives. And only the Bible is the Word of God. And that is why I challenge the people who walk with me, read the Bible once a year. Every year, once the year begins, I print out reading uh, plans. And I give to every person that goes to the cell meetings. And sometimes, from time to time, I go to the cell meetings and I ask, how is your reading plan? Read the Bible. If one day you want to be an instrument that's used by God, you need to fill yourself up with the Bible. You know, on Smith Wigglesworth, he used to say, you know, you need to be so full of God's Word that you need to be like a sponge. You know, if they just touch you, it will leak. So when people come close to you, people that are close to you, when they come near to you, what is, what is leaking from you? The Word of God. Because the mouth speak was the heart is full of. Amen. And the second pillar that uh, Luther, uh, Martin Luther used was Christ alone. So the first pillar, Scripture alone. The second pillar, Christ alone. First Timothy two five. And it says this, for there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Jesus Christ. So in the time of Martin Luther, there were a lot of images, a lot of sculptures in the churches. And this, is, and this used to be spread around the different churches by the Roman leaders. And what did the people believe at the time? That for every need that they had, they should ask to one of the images that was there. And these were called the saints. But the Bible says there is only one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. And that is Jesus Christ. There is only one Mediator. And the people believe that for every need, they would have to request of these images. And because there were so many images and saints and, and, and different things that they prayed to, you know, the person of Jesus Christ was being forgotten. Was secondary. People knew very little about Jesus Christ, about the person of Jesus Christ. And that is why Martin Luther, he protested against the Roman Catholic Church. And, the, and his goal was that Christ would be the center of the church. Because Christ is the center of everything in our lives. You know, because Jesus Christ, he died on the cross so that the church would be built up here on this earth. That's why he says, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. So you have this power and this authority inside of you. Satan can't overcome you. Because the church isn't the building, isn't this place. The church is me and you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So we need to remove this vision from our, from our minds that the church is the building. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
We are the, 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 the habiting place of the Most High. And it's only through Jesus Christ that we can be saved. And that's why Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father except by me. The path to salvation is through Christ and Christ alone. And that is why we preach Christ resurrected. We don't preach Christ that is nailed to a cross. Jesus is alive. The church is the body of Christ that is resurrected here in this earth. So everything that we do. No, we preach to people. We evangelize people. And when we do that, we give testimony of, of Jesus' death and resurrection. And when we do that, it's Jesus moving in us, in this earth, through us. Amen? Let's see in Acts 4.12. And, and the Bible says the following, There is no salvation in anyone else, for there is no other name under the heavens by which we must be saved. I'll repeat again, there is no other name. There is no one else, there is no other name under the heavens by which we must be saved. So as Christians, we can pray and ask for anything in Jesus' name. Not as some might think. Like, you know, in the way that you can ask and pray in the name of a saint or an image. But it should only be in the name of Jesus to the Father. See what Jesus said in John 14, 13. And it says, you can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Amen? And he says, anything you can ask in my name, that's in Jesus' name, he will do it. You know, so a true believer believes that only Jesus saves. And, and that he's the only one that is worthy to receive our praise and our worship and our prayers. You know, all our faith is in Jesus Christ that he died and resurrected. So when we are born again, when we are baptized in the waters, then we become members of a church, which is Jesus' body in, the, in this earth. Amen? So only Jesus saves. So, but, but Jesus has a body which is resurrected here in this earth. And if we are linked to this body, we are linked in the heavens. And if we're not linked to the body here in this earth, we are not linked to heaven. Jesus says the same thing in Matthew 18, 18. And he says, Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on, on earth will be loosened in heaven. And this is the authority of the church. This is my authority. This is your authority. So our church believes only in Jesus Christ for salvation. Only Jesus can save and hear our prayers. So the five pillars of the church, only Scripture alone, Christ alone, and the third, grace alone. 
We believe that we are saved by grace. You know, uh, Paul says in Ephesians 2.8, And it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. No, and it's not enough for us to confess, to speak something. We need to put into practice our faith. Because many people, they know this verse. They declare it, but they don't put into practice. Their faith isn't put into practice. You know, and to put into practice is whenever your faith actually moves you to do something. So in Martin's time, what happened in the church? You know, the Roman Catholic Church, they used to charge indulgences. And, and this was a fee that they used to charge so that your sins could be forgiven. So the idea was, so every sin that you've committed, everything that is upon you, if you wanted forgiveness and to be set free, you would have to pay for it. So the money that was, you know, taken up by the church was a way that people believed that they would be forgiven for their sins. This is how they believed they would go into the kingdom of heaven. But the Word of God says we are saved by grace. But what happened? Martin Luther, he revolted against this practice. Because the war Roman church at the time was full of gold. And the people were already poor. poor. They actually had to pay for forgiveness for their sins. And they also had to pay uh, penance or give sacrifices. And they believed that through their works, they would be saved. So back then, the idea was that you had to do something to deserve your salvation. But thanks be to the Lord that this man, Martin Luther, as he was reading the Bible, he had the revelation that Jesus Christ with his blood had paid for all sins. He paid for each and every sin. And only by His grace and His grace alone is that we are forgiven from sin. You know, and, you know as he saw this injustice in the church, what did uh, Martin Luther do? He protested and he tore up the writing that the Catholic Pope uh, had determined that forgiveness, you needed, you needed to pay to get forgiveness. He tore that up. Can you understand what I'm saying? The Roman Catholic Church at the time, they used to sell salvation. And at the time, it was only the rich people that could be saved. So if you didn't have the means to pay for your salvation, and that is why the church was very rich, it was always full of gold. Does it make sense, what I'm saying? So poor, poor man like me, but rich in the kingdom of God, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have reached the grace of God. I wouldn't have been saved. But God rose Martin Luther. And this Protestant reform brought back the idea that the sal salvation is by grace. It's by the blood of Jesus. Amen? And that is why it's important for us to celebrate this 31st of October. It's a very important date for the church. Amen? See what uh, John said in, Re in uh, Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. He says, he loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And he says, he loves us. 
And he says he's already forgiven our sins by his blood. You know, our works can't save you, can't save us. However, after we're saved, we are saved for the good works. The good works is a consequence of our salvation. It's a consequence of a life that loves God. So as a Christian, as children of God, we are given the ability by the Holy Spirit in order for us to have mercy on all those that are around us and to reveal this love of God for our neighbors. Amen? So all, a true Christian depends on the grace of God for everything. And you see, we see this in 2 Corinthians 12.9 where the Lord says to Paul, uh, my grace is all you need. Because he says, my power works best in weakness. Amen? Because the grace of God is enough. Amen? Because grace is a strength that will help you continue walking. Because grace is the strength for you to overcome sin. Because grace is the, is the strength that uh, brings you to overcome your fears. Grace is the strength that you have to, to give testimony of Jesus Christ. So a true church proclaims forgiveness of sins freely by Jesus Christ. There is no need to pay or fulfill something. For you to get this. Because Jesus says in Matthew 10, 8, freely you received, freely give. That is why us here, Shalom Christian Fellowship, we proclaim the grace of God in everything that we do. And we don't ask for anything in return. So we will pray for you. We will bless you. We will visit you in your house, and we won't charge you anything. Because it's God who's blessing you. All that we are is instruments in His hands. It's only the grace of God that can save you. Amen? Glory to God. Only the Bible. Christ alone. Grace alone. That's all that we need. These are the pillars of the church. Fourth point, faith alone. In Romans 1.17, it says the following. It says that their eyes were open. This is uh, uh, Martin Luther's eyes were open, and he, he realized that something was written in the Bible. It said that the just shall live by faith. So in a time where the relics and the holy objects were the center of everything, they were actually worshipped. People had these in their homes. You know, they were carried in, in, in services. And the multitudes, they would walk in pilgrimage, and they were all searching for a religious experience. And this was all true, you know, the, the pilgrims, were, they were always looking for a contact with an object or going to a sacred place so they could have an experience. But then Martin Luther, he rises up and he preaches against all of this. And he says, none of this is necessary. You don't need to seek an object. You don't need to touch something to receive the grace of God, to receive God's love. To receive God's forgiveness, you need only to believe. The just shall live by faith. That's why the Bible says faith is the confidence in what we hope for. An assurance about we do not about the things that we do not see. 
Once again, in Hebrews, he says later on, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, you know, as Martin Luther was going through the word of God, based on this, Martin Luther, he determined no one, no one should worship objects that are visible. Well, whether that be images of people, crosses, sacred places, or holy places, these things are all, all still exist. Many people still being deceived this day. People, they walk kilometers and kilometers to be in a place, and they believe that they're, once they get there, they will receive a blessing. They sacrifice themselves. They do their penance. But you don't need to do any of that to receive something from God. You don't need to do a pilgrim to please God. So I've seen this many times, people walking, you know, uh, many meters in on their knees. They're making penance in order to receive a blessing from God. It's not the works that makes you receive something from God. It's His grace. It's His love and mercy. Amen? See, the faith is something that is invisible and it pleases God. And that's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians uh, 5, 7, says, We walk by faith and not by what we see. Because it's only by faith that we can receive the answers to our prayers. So, a, tr a true Christian, he lives by faith, not by what he can touch. You know, it's he, or there's things that are visible to the human eye. Jesus Christ, he is the visible image of the invisible God. So, so a, true, uh, a true church teaches to, to exercise faith without the need, without the need of any support, without the need of any images. You know, we, we need to start practicing our faith without the need of an object or something to support you in your exercise. You know, it's sad that sometimes, you know, when people, they go through difficult situations, it's then that they run to the church and they ask for prayer. You know, sometimes they use a symbol, a towel or something you know, as, as a symbol of their faith so that they will receive something from God. You know, and today in the 21st century where we live, you know, where we live in the, in the capitalist world, it's very easy for people to be attached to things, to material things, to objects, images, places. It's very easy for people to be attached to this. Because if you don't worship God, that's why the Bible, why do you think the Bible says, worship God? Worship God. Because if you don't worship God, you will worship everything else in creation. And that is why we separate this precious time to come here and worship the Lord. And we should do this every day in our houses. Amen? Because we were created to worship. And if you don't worship God, you will worship anything else that you see. You, will, you can even worship yourself, your own ego. And, and that's why you start to become proud and your ego becomes big. You start to think that you can do everything by yourself without God. You start to think that you don't need to pray. You start to think that you don't need to ask anything to God. Oh, I'm capable. I can. This is what we tell God when we, we're, we don't have the practice of kneeling down in His presence and praying. 
You know, you might not say these things openly, but the way that you conduct yourselves says this. So for me, every person that doesn't pray, what they're expressing to God is literally, I don't need you. So just, and he just pushes him away. He says, I'm able to do the rest. So if we want to please God, we want to, you know, remove from us every support, every amulets, everything. Because these things is idolatry. And the Bible treats idolatry as a sin. And that is why the Bible says, Jesus says, in John 20, 29. Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So our church lives this faith, okay? And we, we don't need amulets or images to believe in God. We don't need to see to believe. We don't need to touch something to believe. And a lot of the times, you don't even need to feel. God is here in this place. Just, just in the same way that you're breathing right now. I believe in the Word of God. Amen? So even when I go to pray, I'm feeling nothing. I don't feel the will to, lead, to pray. I don't feel the will to read the Bible. I don't feel the will to worship. I don't feel the will to cry. But I don't live by what I feel. I live by my faith. Because I know when I open my mouth, when I start to speak to him, his presence will come and visit me. Amen. Amen. So don't wait for you to feel something. Start to do it by discipline. And on the day that you feel nothing, and you have this discipline, no, I will do this. Because you are adapted. You have, you have been trained to do this. A better explanation is this bring, it's, there's something that attracts you to the place where God is. As corrected once again, the Holy Spirit will bring you to this environment. Amen? How many have understood? Through faith alone in God, it's the only way that we receive salvation and are blessed. And the last pillar then. To God alone, all the glory. To God alone, all the glory. Isaiah 42 says the following. I am the Lord. This is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to images. To God alone, all the glory. Because God is saying, I will not give to anyone my glory. I will not give this to images. To God alone. All the glory and all the worship. Amen. Many idolaters, they, they say that they, they're not worshiping images. And that the images of the people that they make is, is just images to remember the story and the history behind it. But they are being deceived. Because then how do they talk to these people? Sometimes they, they sing, they ask things to images, and they sing about them. So it's definitely not to remember a, a story or, or the history and what that person did. What they're doing is a form of worship. So Martin Luther, he didn't accept the hundreds of images that were in the church. And he didn't accept the services that were being held for people that were already dead. 
So the word of God is clear. To God alone be all the glory and the praise. Let's just read Revelations chapter 5, 12 and 13. And they, in a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all, in, and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lord and to the Lamb. Be the praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Amen. So all the glory to God alone. To God and to his and to his Lamb. Jesus is the only one who's worthy of praise and worship. You know, and, and a true Christian, he gives all the glory to God. He doesn't receive any because of his deeds. In John 5.44, he says, How can you believe if you accept glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? So a true church doesn't worship men. Doesn't praise gospel singers. Doesn't praise people. Doesn't praise famous people. Because there are people out there acting in this way. And they put these famous people above God in their lives. But we worship Jesus alone. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So Shalom praises and worships only the Lord. We do not praise men. Only to God be all the glory. Amen. Glory to God. Only the Bible. Christ alone. Grace alone. Faith alone, and only to God be all the glory. Amen. And how do you recognize a true church? And I'm going to finish with this. And Paul the Apostle, he shows us this in Galatians chapter 1 verse 8. And he says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we are preached to you, let them be under God's curse. So the church for many, many years, they, it was far from God. They were far from the truth. But the grace of God it was brought back to its essence. Because these days there are many churches, there are many religions. But this brings many, uh, this deception to the minds of people. It brings a lot of confusion to people. But what you need is to know the Bible, the Word of God. And that this may be the, the, the foundation of your existence. It should be the fountain, the reason why we breathe and take our breath. It's what Jesus, Jesus himself, he said, not only, but not only by bread shall man live, but by every word that comes from his mouth. So we can't stop reading our Bible every day. 
God said this to Joshua, and I'll never leave this, this law from your mouth. You know, meditate on it every single day. Amen? So if you don't want to be deceived, you need to know the Bible. We need discernment to understand what is right and what is wrong. Amen? So I challenge you right now. I challenge you to come to the Bible studies, to the uh, Concord schools. So please just let, let the tiredness aside. Let the laziness aside. Let the other things you need to do aside and jump into the, the study of the Word of God. You know, I, have, I know a pastor in Brazil that is, is, is a big inspiration for me. And he says that in one month, he's read the Bible twice. In 10 days, he read the Bible once, essentially. So we can't follow him, obviously. There is also an, a, another book that I like to read a lot. It says, New Wine is Better. And this pastor, he read that book at least 18 times. That he counted. And, and for me, this, he has been a great pastor for our nation, a great spiritual leader. So the Bible says, if, not even if an angel comes and preaches something different than the gospel. No, don't accept these things to your life. Because Satan, he can also disguise himself as an angel. And he's in every place. He's, uh, he's around. He's in every mind. And he's trying to deceive you, to take you away from your purpose and the plan that God has for your life. So based on these five uh, principles that Martin Luther brought to the reform, we can actually discern if a church is true or not. Amen? So I'd like to just ask you to stand up. Let's pray. How many received this word? Did you understand what I was trying to tell you today? Glory to the name of Jesus. Have this in mind. The Bible alone. Grace alone. Faith alone. Christ alone. Glory to God alone. Because the Bible says, I will not give my glory to any other or my praise to images. I'd like to invite you to, to pray right now. If God spoke to you, if you heard the voice of the Lord, I'd like to invite you to speak to the Lord right now. And I pray and pray that you will not be deceived by all of the different religions, all of the different teachings that there is out there. Ask that God may bring light to your heart in this moment. That he may challenge you, challenge you to go forth and seek his word more, learn about his word. And if you don't have Jesus Christ yet in your life as your only Savior, you know, give your life to him right now because Jesus Christ is the only way. He's the only mediator between God and humanity. There is a flowing of God's grace in this environment. In every place. The grace of God is being offered to every man.
Because the Bible says that the grace of God revealed itself to be saving to all of humanity. You only need to believe the just shall live by faith. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. So believe in the power of God. Give glory to God. In every moment, wherever you may be, glorify his name. Those pray to God in Jesus' name. And I, and I guarantee you that he will bless you. Father, we pray in this afternoon. Father, thank you for your word. Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts. Father, thank you, Lord, because you have raised us as a church with a purpose and a plan. Father, we want to be an instrument used for this nation and for this town. We want to preach your word, Jesus. Father, send fire in our hearts. Father, we don't want to be a church that is lukewarm or cold. But we want to be set ablaze by your Holy Spirit. Father, bring spiritual passion for you in our hearts. Bring us desire and, thirst and hunger for righteousness. Father, righteousness for those that are far from you right now. In the name of Jesus, we bless this church. We bless this people. And we receive from you, Jesus, the grace of the Lord. Father, we will put into practice what we have heard and learned here in this place. These five pillars of the church. In the name of Jesus. The foundation for our lives. For our walk with you here on this earth. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you believe, give him a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah.